We are live. Uh, credit where it's due. Thank you, Craig, for being here with me and the gearheads on Father's Day. Mm, I don't. I, this is me showing how much I hate the show, right, fellas? <laughs> well, for the people that wonder why, Mike, why do you berate and humiliate Craig as often as you do? And it's to lower his self-esteem so that he feels like he has to be here on the high holidays, like Father's Day. Honestly, at, at one point today, I was like, yeah, we'll go record. It'll be fine. Now I'm like, thank fucking God. I don't want to be in my house. <laughs> Why is that? Trouble in uh, oh, paradise? Yeah. yeah, you'd think it's Mother's Day in there. Uh, these broads, you yeah. know, they can't give us one, can they? Yeah, no. No, just give me one day. It's all I ask for. I can do what I want. <laughs> um, oh, first and foremost, I have to address a couple big why are you laughing issues. I'm not sure if you've seen this, Craig. Uh, probably. <laughs> uh, boy, do we look like, boy, do we look like fools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can you can stop messaging me to let me know. I am well aware now that the Bus Boys were the band that opened for Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I understand that it wasn't actual Bus Boys. I have been briefed on that now. I honestly thought that was I don't know. I'd have to go back and listen, but I thought that was the uh In hindsight, I think we sound like fucking idiots cuz you it's not at a comedy club. <laughs> I don't know why I was like Oh, he's thinking the bus boys. That's nice. The little guy, <laughs> the blue collar workers. <laughs> it's the end of the world if you do that. But well, most people, most people were just like, "Hey, just so you know, that was those are the that was a band, the Bus Boys," which I, I was not familiar with at all. And to be fair, it's not like he said, uh, you know, everyone th put your hands together for the Beatles. And I was like, "Why is he thinking bugs? It doesn't make any sense." <laughs> like I don't, I don't know how 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 popular the Bus Boys were in the eighties. I don't know. But there was one guy that was like, hey, fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> Do a, oh, no, this is my favorite. When they go to like, they call you an idiot and then they go to like 80s insults. He goes, research much? <laughs> they go, you nailed me. Which makes me want to put them through an episode just about like Paul Schaefer. And Kevin Eubanks. Yeah. I, my favorite. Fine, you want me to research the bands? I'll do it. <laughs> my favorite are the people that hate like mine, Mike and Matt's contributions, like a Greg Polar type, you know, that that really hates that you're not alone on this show. <laughs> you, <laughs> I, I, I thought Greg Polar was very, uh, very funny. He made me laugh a lot when he was on the other day. He was funny. He doesn't project, though. No, he's quiet, but that's a funny. That's a, such a dumb reason to criticize someone because mm. then you get the opposite where I'm so loud <laughs> like, and there's just no re it's me literally screaming for attention it's it's very funny when we record <laughs> doesn't need to do that when we record in person I have you so low on the board because it evens out <laughs> I remember Steve saying something like he had my mic there was a specific setting he had to put on my mic because I'm so loud <laughs> well you, you should be you should be loud. Well, I need uh, I need people to I need to be noticed. You know, yeah. God forbid. And then uh, the other uh, the other thing I saw was people were pissed that we were laughing at Eddie Murphy's clips. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a uh, and Mike <laughs> Mike really took umbrage with it. Oh God! <laughs> he, he was. What did it, he do? It was <laughs> it was him v Sarandis part two. Oh, what do you just just ignore it, Michael? I, I go just mute the guy. <laughs> really? I mean, you know, or don't you know? Don't mute him. Don't mute him. Whatever. But just don't get so fucking riled up about it. Yeah, he's also got COVID, so he's just not right right now. 
Oh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like, oh, you guys laughed at one of the greatest comedy specials of all times, you pigs. Yeah, it's not like we were, like, breaking down something either. We were just like, look how great this comedy special is. Imagine, well, if, imagine if we watched it no. stone-faced. <laughs> <laughs> but not only were we breaking it down, I think the theme of the entire episode was you couldn't get away with this shit now. But I don't think that means Eddie Murphy is a, you know, a horrible bigot. And we talked about him apologizing for it in 1996. So how you could not, you know, I don't know. I don't even really think about that. But I didn't see many of those messages. Yeah, because they, uh, you weren't the. Um, I wasn't the target. You weren't the target. Okay. Mike would <laughs> well, be other, so much you, better by himself. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, know what I you guys want me to. With that. I was like, I don't know. What you go. I was like, I don't know what you guys want. You want a super serious guy by himself, or a group of people <laughs> laughing and having fun with the topic. Some merriment. Well, the other, if you guys want to see, uh, you know, if you think Craig was laughing in that episode. If you want to see a rock hard man for for an hour and a half discuss comedy, wait till uh, our episode with Royce Lopez in a couple of weeks. Oh, I'm gonna get we so had, yeah. We had our boy uh, Royce Lopez on from the Revenge of the Sis podcast. He's a funny guy. He was very good. Um, and as you can tell by the name of their podcast, they do a lot of the stuff. If you hate me talking about cancel culture and that type of shit, I don't think you would love that podcast, but they're very funny guys. And Craig was in his element. He's like, finally, someone, someone will appreciate the, the, the jokes that I'm telling here. And Royce loved him too. I think it was disturbing. <laughs> Mike didn't like that. Although uh, there was a, there's a Sandlot reference in this episode that blew my mind and how good it was. He I just, couldn't believe it. He just three, three tags. Just yeah. <laughs> immediately. It was very funny. <laughs> yeah. So we've got that episode coming out. It's a little different than your usual. Why are you laughing? But I thought it was a fun one. So yeah, it was supposed to be celebrities be- trying stand up and then it immediately just became, we hate Rob. <laughs> fun. Well, we got, we got some jokes about TI and Rob Schneider in there, you know? Oh, that was the worst. Yeah. You'll, you'll see. It's, it's something. <laughs> yeah. So Stay tuned to Why Are You Laughing. If you're a Why Are You Laughing fan, a Blind Mike Project fan, whatever, go to blindmike.net, and that's where you can find all the links to everything, including Craig's Twitter, uh, where <laughs> yeah. you can subscribe to the Patreon, find our merchandise, buy our merch. I, la- I gotta say, uh, I got a Gearhead tank top. As you can see, I've been wearing it on the Patreon here and there, mm-hmm. and uh, I like them. I feel like a, for, a, for a gentleman my size, you don't find a tank top that fits you well that often? Yeah, it's all about fan. it's all about how the tank top fit, fits the pec area for the big guys. Yes, and if, and exa- if that's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> if it's loose, you're like, damn, I found my my shirt. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I did. Uh, as Craig mentioned before we started, I had a Friday night wedding the other day, and I got to tell you, I've come around on the idea of this. I kind of like it because I found out what they did is. Yes, if you're leaving work at five to get to a you know five thirty Friday Friday evening wedding, that's a pain in the ass. But mm. the way they did it is, I think like most of the important people just like kind of took the week off and they were out like drinking Wednesday and Thursday. I wasn't there for any of that, but like during the week they made it sort of a celebration as well, which seems like a decent idea. I'm not opposed to that really. Yeah. Yep. I like. I like. The thought of that, the only like the only problem is people who can't take the days off. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, the first wedding me and Alba went to was a Friday night wedding and she worked till five and I was in the wedding. So I was there all day, but Alba like had to rush, you know, sit in rush hour traffic and everything to get there. So that would be a pain in the ass. I would imagine. Yeah. And it, you say it was on the Cape. No, it was in uh, Providence. Oh, still South, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. But it was a, uh, it was, it was a lovely time, but I have two, two things to bring to the gearheads. Uh, one, I put a poll out on Twitter for, and I was, I feel I was vindicated. This was a very Larry David-esque moment for me, where I felt like I was changing society, really. Societal norms I had by the balls. So the other day, I say, uh, and I feel this was very gentlemanly of me. Um, Alva said, how much should we give for the uh, wedding gift. And I said, listen, sweetheart, keep your money in your pocket. I'm paying the whole thing. I said, 300 bones. That's pretty good, right? That's solid. I usually do like 100, 100 bucks a person. I figured 150 each just because he's a good buddy of mine, this guy. Yeah. So, you know, and that's still, not, you know, it's nothing crazy. So I'm not uh, looking to be patted on the back, although I would appreciate it from you people for once, for Christ's sake. Um, so I thought that was a decent amount. And, uh, Alba says, do you need me to bring you by, uh, the ATM or anything so you can grab the money? I go, nah, I was just going to Venmo it to him. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> which, yes. Which I, as I say the sentence out loud, I understand it doesn't sound like the fanciest of gestures, but we live in a digital age, a paperless world. I don't think that's that crazy. And I think it's what we should start doing. Enough of this nonsense. I have to print out $300 bills for him just so he can put it in the bank. The only I Venmo it to him, he's already got it. Right. The only thing with that is it looks like you got there and went, oh, fuck. <laughs> that's, that's a good point that I didn't really think of. That's the only but thing. I could have done it the day before. If you did it the day before, that's different. But if you do it the day hey, of the you wedding, got something to look forward to, buddy. Did you get a, a card that said I Venmoed you? I, 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 so I ended up not doing it, and I'll tell you why. One comment on Twitter changed my ways a little bit. He said, would you rather get a notification, like an email notification that money's in your Venmo, or rather some crisp $100 bills in your hand? And I said, all right, that's not a terrible angle. That's not, a, that's a bad, that's a good point. If you, if you get, uh, if you Venmo the day before and still get a card, I think you're safe. If you don't do a card and you Venmo day of wedding, it looks like you forgot. You get a card. Check your Venmo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I await the thank you. <laughs> it's like it's like if you go do pickup on a delivery, like if you order like a pizza or something for pickup where it says tip, you just write mm -hmm. cash and you leave like a buck or two in the thing. Yeah. You cross it out. <laughs> yeah. It says I, I, write, I write cash there all the time. That's smart. Because if I when I've done that, I've just put an X to the line, <laughs> which probably isn't a great look now that I think about it. Tip, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> As if <laughs> I would never do something like that. So yeah, so I I think uh, at least according to Twitter, the majority of people were on my side there. Alba called me trash was the word that she chose to use. I understand, which I felt was a, a little extreme. <laughs> I I understand that though. <laughs> garbage she compared me to but my point was then you've got it in your bank account but you know I think I 
I made my point. Society was with me on that one. We can chalk it up to a victory. Now she expects a proposal via email. It'd be a lot easier for me, to be honest with <laughs> it you. Probably would. Boy, would that be nice. <laughs> we doing this? <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> RSVP, yes, no, maybe. Or I just put on, like, I, you know, connect my YouTube to the TV one night and we're sitting on the couch and I just bring up proposal videos and I'm like, huh? Oh, what do you think? Here you go. Uh, what kind of setting do you want? And you just put like a beach setting. Picture that as me. <laughs> no, Would no, you no. say yes? No, all you do is you get a nice, you get a nice setting on the TV, right? Yeah. Uh, she like wants a, a nice fancy Miami beach thing. So you just put a nice beach setting on the TV and just propose in front Ooh, of. Ooh, where are we? And then, and then you stand up in front of the TV and just get on a knee. <laughs> uh, should we catch a heat game after this? <laughs> we can show up at halftime, pretend we care. <laughs> um, but my real, my only real gripe uh, from this wedding is that I have again. I don't understand. Did we do this on air where I talked about uh, going to some a party or something where people were trying to shake my hand? Briefly. Um, I believe Again, again, someone that's known me for years. I, I don't see them very often, but they've known me since college. They stick their hand out to shake my hand and then kind of make a joke like, ah, I don't know if you can see it. I'm sticking my hand out. I'm going to shake your hand. And I'm like, well, now I literally have a cane to let you know, please don't do this. <laughs> please don't humiliate me. Why do you need to shake my hand that badly that you are making an effort to do it? And then when you don't get the handshake back, announce it like, hey, we we have to do this. Well, to be fair too, though, he met you probably when you were in a, 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 a better stage of your visual uh, abilities. So you probably saw the hands sure. back then. Uh, yes and no. It was never great, you know? Yeah, true. But even my point is, it was never a miraculous experience where you're like, thank God I got that handshake from him. Because if I didn't, I think the I, first what would, even, yeah. what would be even the point of seeing him? I think the first time I met you, I went for the handshake and it was pretty successful, right. but I felt weird doing it. I haven't gone for one since. <laughs> well, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Having the instinct to go for a handshake is not weird. I totally understand that. Never offended by it. Completely get it. What my issue is, is when you go for the handshake, I don't see it. Or I kind of, I just want to pretend I don't see it because <laughs> I don't feel like engaging. Yeah. And you go the extra mile to be like, come on, buddy. I will not settle for no. <laughs> We're going to get this handshake, whether you like it or not. This is That's my, I don't understand these people. This is going down and you're shaking my hand. By the way, it's clammy. Yeah. Whether you want it or not, we're we're doing this. It's a, it's akin to rape, frankly. These people are Naturally. raping me. Yes. That's what I thought when I first Via heard the story. Shake. I went, oh my God. He too. You, you and Dave Cullinane, the he too story. Speaking of uh, Cullinane, another fun interaction I had with someone was uh, my buddy... Dave that I went to college with was not at this wedding, uh, but he's a guy I was, I was friendly with. And then we just kind of, you know, lost touch over the years a little bit, <clears throat> but I have two Daves in my phone. So very often I'll just type in Dave and hit the contact and be like, uh, you know, usual schedule Monday and Wednesday this week, <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, send a link to some like bad radio or something like that. 
And this kid, Dave, from, you know, Westfield State will be like, yeah, man, it's again... I am not Dave Cullinan. <laughs> I wish I was. To the point where like the first the first time I did this, I was like, ah, shit, sorry, buddy, but we got to get together sometime, blah, blah, blah. Now I don't even respond. Like I don't send a follow-up. <laughs> sorry, this wasn't for you. <laughs> I'm just like, he's he, he knows. This was not meant for him. You got to change one of them to David. Yeah, or just cut Cullinan should be in my phone just as that. No Dave. Yeah. He, uh, he went to um, the U.S. Open on Friday. And he was looking for a uh, a shuttle to get there because you can't like park where it was because it's in Brighton and there's like a ton of people going. Right. And right, I go, right. hey, just so you know, right outside the parking garage at my work is a shuttle station. You can park mm-hmm. in my garage because they weren't allowed to. Just say you work for for Studio 550 or whatever. If they ask questions, you can have a couple answers. Jesus. And he goes. He goes, okay. So he was too afraid that they were going to ask him about it. So he went to a train station, took an Uber to my work, and got on the shuttle. I got to be honest. I would do that, too. I wouldn't want an interaction where I have to say that I work with Craig. There, wouldn't, there wouldn't be an interaction. That seems like a whole that was, black mark on your reputation. That was like, that, that would have been like, I don't know, DEFCON 6. There's no way anyone cared that much. I was just letting them know that there's an empty parking garage 10 feet from where you need to go. Did I hear, I got some tweet that, so I did, they didn't say a name, so I couldn't look up the person, but they said someone at the top of the leaderboard in the Masters looks like me. Uh, they, say, they didn't say a name? No. Hmm. It was very annoying. Uh, John Rahm? It was Vijay Singh, I believe. <laughs> when August? No, I'm not sure. Mid-August. Why do I look like, like John Rahm? He's the only one that has, like, your color hair that I can think of. Huh. All right. Well, let me know, folks, um, out there on uh, Twitter. But yeah, so that was uh, the wedding was the wedding was fun. Nothing, nothing too crazy happened, really. I did get um, for Father's Day. I got a new Blackstone four burner griddle. It's basically a, a flat Ooh. top grill. Oh, I've cooked. I got a Friday night because it came in early. I've cooked on it five times already. And uh, how fun. And I immediately realized that this was not a gift for me. At all, <laughs> Your family just wants to eat for yeah, once. They just she's just sick of cooking. <laughs> I'm making I'm making uh, smash burgers later. If anyone wants one, that's why. By the way, uh, after that Royce Lopez uh, episode that we did, Craig's Mrs. Craig texted me and said, "I've never heard him make noises like that." <laughs> she was disturbed by it. She didn't know what was going on. He he, he we got all, we bonded. <laughs> yes, they certainly they certainly did. Yeah, so Ted, speaking of Ted Sarandis, don't you're gonna want to skip that one, buddy. I'm just warning you now. And there was I was talking all like um, there was a there was a delay too with us, so I would start talking and he would start talking like a second after me. So there was a oh, couple yeah. there was a couple instances of that. You guys are just gonna have to deal with the uh, That's the problem the with StreamYard. One. That's why I like doing the episodes in studio, because the problem with StreamYard is it, it takes away any sort of conversational flow, you know? Right. So I I tried my best not to uh speak as much as possible. Well, speaking of our friends in the podcasting world, I think Royce may be a friend now. But uh one of our other friends may need some help. He's in trouble. Carl. He's got a rivalry. We got to defend our boy, as I announced on patreon.com slash blind Mike uh, this week. The gearheads stand with Carl. So 
If you want three people to tweet once at Stuttering John, Carl, you've come to the right place. (laughs) (laughs) You've got an army of half-hearted nincompoops on your side. Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah, so Carl versus Stuttering John. I don't know if people are uh, aware of this. I know we have a few WATP listeners here that are well aware that Stuttering John has been going after Carl, and now it's apparently really ramping up um, to the point where Stuttering John is claiming. So in my opinion, Stuttering John is trying to build a case against Carl and prove damages so that he can sue Carl for, you know, X amount of dollars, whatever it'll end up being. Um. Case in point, the first bit of evidence of that, uh, do you have the tweet from him that I sent you from uh, Tuesday, I think it was, where John started talking about gigs that have been canceled of his? Yes, let me pull that puppy up. Yeah, So John is saying that um, the cancel culture mob is after him. And for those of you that don't know, and just remember stuttering John from the Howard Stern show, he's apparently become a big liberal over the years to the point where... Um, do you remember when Neil Young and, uh, who else was it? Like Joni Mitchell and those people pulled their shit off Spotify? Yes. Because of Rogan. Um, yeah. Cause of Rogan. Well, Spotify didn't, you know, their knees didn't buckle when Neil Young said, I'm out of here, but they started to cave a little bit when stuttering John said, you know what? Spotify, <laughs> I'm removing my content as well. Uh, the nine downloads that you get every week, no more. I won't support it anymore. So the Rogan versus Stuttering John era was uh, crippling financially for Spotify. Here's the uh, the tweet you sent me. Apparently, being an avid supporter of progressive values has hit me in the wallet. The oh yeah, the Alameda Comedy Club in Mesquite Street in Corpus Christi both canceled my gigs because of threats. Trolls call with threats of violence and giving them a bad review. Time to quit something I love. <laughs> First of all, John, no, it's not. You don't have to quit. Don't don't give up, John. You know, as Stuttering John always says, when the when the going gets tough, just throw up your arms and walk away from your dreams. <laughs> when the going gets tough, I'm done. <laughs> when, when the going gets tough, why bother? Because Two gigs were canceled uh, because of his progressive values. <laughs> now, what's hilarious about what I was just talking about is John was fully on board with boycotting Spotify because Joe Rogan has a podcast on there. Right. He's such a... And, and you know, he goes after... Basically, John's side of the aisle that he's aligned himself with has done this forever. Now... Um, I heard Carl say that he does believe that this happened, that the these comedy clubs did get calls, which is shitty. That shouldn't happen. And if it's anyone that listens to this podcast, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't do that because even if you think, you know, you're fucking with liberals or whatever, the point is not getting across. Now it's just everyone's getting canceled instead of one side. You know what? You know what I mean? It's you, it's you know, silly to do. Yeah, you know what hurts more than canceling his gig? Having him go do it to six people. Mm. It's another excellent point, Craig, because my real speculation as to why the gig got canceled is that it was not selling out. Um so if you listen to 
our friends at WATP a few weeks back, they played audio from one of stuttering John's live shows and Carl to defend Carl and all this. So John is now insinuating that it's Carl from WATP who is sending these trolls after the comedy clubs. Carl, however, time and time again on air has said, don't fuck with John. Don't, don't not even like, you know, take uh, calling the comedy clubs out of it. Cause obviously he's never said to do that, but he goes as far as to say, like, don't interrupt the show. Don't yell out. Don't fuck with him in any way. Observe and report, go to the shows and tell us what happened because that gives Carl hours of content to fuck with John. If you get his gigs canceled, then Carl can't talk about it. He loses content. Exactly. Or if this legal thing actually takes off a bunch of headaches. Right. Yeah. And I, I uh, texted him about it the other day thinking he would kind of fuck around and I could tell he was annoyed by it because I think it's going to be like a pain in his life now. Yeah. Which is just sh- so shitty of John to do again. If people are actually calling the comedy clubs, it's shitty of them as well. But John, in a way, is almost rubbing his hands together in excitement because now he has an excuse to go after Carl, even though he has nothing to do with this. Um, but let's play a little from John's podcast the other day where he uh, retires from, com- much like Michael Scott himself, <laughs> stuttering John is retiring from comedy. Thank you, Suzanne. I love you too. Listen to this Very simple. <laughs> this show stinks. Sad, though, you know. Look, I get that I have haters. <laughs> I embrace it. Any celebrity does. <laughs> okay, John. John, <laughs> we haven't done enough on this show because I figure it's uh, Carl's territory usually. But now John just deserves it because he's so delusional about who he is. And John, that sentence that we just played is why you are getting made fun of. It's not about Carl or Kevin or whatever you call him on why do we podcast. John is this funny joke, by the way, if you don't know. He pretends not to know who Carl is, so he calls him Kevin from why do we podcast. <laughs> but, he, but he says it every time to the point where sometimes he slips up and actually says Carl. And then he goes, I mean, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> PJ, like you fucking buffoon. PJ Minahan says, I, I used to live two blocks from the Almeida Club. It used to be a Thai restaurant. I don't see stuttering John selling out in the San Francisco Bay Area. <laughs> I like that that John is uh, uh, being boycotted while diners are in there just trying to eat their meal. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'm like, is that stuttering John from the Howard Stern show? Wow. What's happened to him? So, so John thinks of himself as like a celebrity, um, which he was on the show. Uh, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. So I guess that does technically qualify, but he hasn't been, you know, quote famous in a long time. Like I would bet. I I imagine a lot of people that listen to this podcast were Howard Stern fans or at least aware of Howard Stern. Yeah. So, you know, they know who stuttering John is for sure. But if you go out and pull a random, even around our age, 30-year-old, 25-year-old, whatever, they're not going to know who the fuck Stuttering John is. No. But he thinks of himself as a celebrity. (laughs) And it's this weird, you know, you have to, you know, a name they mentioned 
a couple weeks ago on WATP when they were talking about this. You know who Brian Dunkelman is? No. He was the other guy. If you go back and watch season one of American Idol, there were two Ryan Seacrests. Uh, the hosts of American Idol were Ryan Seacrest and Brian Dunkelman for a season. And Brian Dunkelman left. And now Ryan Seacrest is the biggest broadcaster on the planet. <laughs> and Brian Dunkelman like does stand up, I think, but you know, no one really knows. You didn't know who he was, <laughs> you know, no one really right. knows who he is. I don't think, but Brian Dunkelman shits on himself for that. Like he makes those jokes. Stuttering John is in a similar position where, you know, he was a big deal for a long time and now he's not, but he hasn't accepted that. Like if he played around with the idea that he used to be famous and now he isn't. And, you know, now he goes to Pigwig's pub and downs Coors Lights. If he had a little more fun with that, then people wouldn't shit on him as much. Hey. And that's my big issue with John today and why we're talking about him, because this could be settled so easily if he just went on with Carl or had Carl on. And the other thing is I can't imagine being in John's position. And let's say he, he genuinely thinks that Carl's trolls are going after him and taking money out of his pocket. I can't imagine not reaching out to Carl in some form or fashion and either saying, let's talk about it on the podcast, or at least let's discuss this via email and figure out what the fuck is going on here. Hey, man, do you mind just, I don't know, calling them off a little? <laughs> yeah, hey, like, so... That's all I was thinking about as I hear John like pouting on this podcast is if WATP turns on us someday. However, I would handle it. Maybe first I would reach out to Carl individually, but honestly, I would probably react and do an angry podcast that I would regret doing an hour later. Yep. Because that's usually how I fly off the handle. <laughs> but whether I, whether I text Carl and just say like, Hey man, what the fuck are you doing? Or go on air and say, hey, Carl, what the fuck are you guys doing? It would be handled on air where John toes this weird line of pretending not to know who Carl is, yet claiming that they're ruining his life. It's a very strange procedure that he's going through that I don't understand. Is this is this show like does he how many people do you think listen to it or is he just talking into a shoebox? I really don't know. He. I don't think he releases his Patreon numbers, um, which to be fair, we didn't do that for a while because I didn't know how. <laughs> it's just like, I was like, it's up, isn't it? Why? What do you mean I'm not showing it? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know if that's because like he's embarrassed. John is a very, you know, egotistical, prideful guy. So I imagine that's why he's not showing the numbers. My understanding is that everyone that listens to that show are WATP fans. So if you're going to accuse Carl of taking your money out of your pocket, you also have to kind of acknowledge that the reason you have listeners and people literally are subscribing to John's Patreon to get audio to send Carl. Right. So those people are literally paying you. And there are people in his chat, like sending him super chats, money for super chats and shit like that, just because they want him to answer their questions so they can send it back to Carl. So literally these people are, you know, paying his bills in some way. It's going to suck and when Carl turns it. on us. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm defending. What do you think I'm doing here? For <laughs> <sake>? <laughs> I'm building loyalty. So that never happens. Yeah. <laughs> 
Because I got to say, it would be pretty easy to pick apart. We're lucky Carl likes us. I think it'd be pretty easy to pick apart this show. It's because, you know what it is, though? We don't take... The people he goes for, they're, they're bad shows, but they also take themselves so seriously, and that's always the right. funny part. And the ones the ones that don't end up being friends with him. Like that guy... Um, remember the guy we had on, Vito Giswaldi? Yeah. His co-host, Dick Masterson was a target of Carl. Like they made fun of his podcast once. He was a good sport about it. And now him and Carl do shows together. <laughs> that's how it works. Like that's how easy it is to turn them, which John doesn't understand. Do you know how quickly uh, listen, I, I can't Carl has never told me he would do this, but based on listening to the show, if John just once went on there and said, ah, you know, it's a shame those WATP guys uh, make fun of me so much. I love them. I think they do a hilarious show. And when they bust on other people, I think they do a great job at it. Carl would melt in five seconds and be like, you know what, guys? We are a Stuttering John podcast now. We love Stuttering John. Yeah, I I, uh, I get shit on a lot. And for the most part, it's funny. So I think it's funny. It's, still, it's you know, when it's like, you're not even trying to be funny about it. It's like, why are you doing Yeah, this? well, the shitheads are always annoying. Yeah, here's the problem. You can't blame Carl... For the shitheads. No. You know what I mean? Like, there's no no podcaster is, you know, you've seen people try to do this with the Barstool and Minifans and Rogan and all these, you know, in, in any influential podcast. When they have fans say shit online, the host of the podcast, or, you know, in Portnoy's case, whatever he is, the head of Barstool, gets blamed for it for some reason. And I guess what these people want them to do is, like, go out and say... Hey, knock it off. Mm. But in many cases they do. Like I've heard Kirk say a million times, like, you know, don't go, don't be a true cunt. If you want to make jokes online, do that, but don't fucking do anything crazy. And Carl has literally said like, don't ruin the guy's life. Yeah. We're just here to make fun of him. We're here to make jokes, <laughs> but they ignore that. Like I've heard John talk on the podcast, which we'll play a little more of, but they ignore that because it doesn't help their argument. Yeah, how do you think I feel, dude? I do a show with stuttering Mike Harris. <laughs> <laughs> a poor man stuttering John. <laughs> um, well, that's the other thing, too, is like, speaking of poor man stuttering John, like, what the fuck do you think I am? <laughs> so I kind of know you have to do that shit, too. You, like, you can't. And I, I've let it get to me before, and it drove me fucking crazy. So I understand being in that position, but John's problem is a complete lack of self-awareness and thinking he's above other people. Oh yeah. Like that's... thinking he's above, and you know, pick a cast off from the Howard Stern show, fucking, uh, you know, Grillo or someone like that. John thinks he's well above those guys and he's not, he's in the same, he's, he's in the exact same boat. Yeah. For the most part too, it's like, uh, um, if I get shit, if it's funny, I'll retweet it. And if it's like kind of funny, I'll just be like, oh, that's hurtful and see if they think I'm serious right. or not. <laughs> and a lot of the times and they're just like, I'm just fucking around. <laughs> that's usually what it is. <laughs> like, OK, like the, uh, the guy I, I told you, that guy that messaged us and was like, uh, you fucking idiots. You don't know that the bus boys were a band. If I I didn't bother because like why engage? But if I had messaged him back and was like. Oh, sorry about that, man. Like, I just didn't realize. I didn't really care too much about the band that opened for him. But you're right. I probably should have looked into that before I spouted off. He would have been like, oh, oh I'm so, I, you know, I didn't even know if you read this. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, they're pussies at the end of the day, a lot of these people. 
So just have a little fun with him for once, John. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's hear a little more from his, his pouting session here. All right. I get it. Lauren Ipsum, thank you for the five bucks. I super cheap. <clears throat> he's getting. Yeah. I have no problem with people hating on me. I really don't. Do. You want to go on Reddit, go to Dabblers Anonymous or whatever you go on. Hello, Kate Freeman. Thanks for the five bucks. Fine. <laughs> so, so, Knock so hold on a second out. here. He's talking. What do you, Dabblers Anonymous is, I believe, a Reddit page dedicated to Stuttering John. In a good or bad um, way. <laughs> Well, take a guess. That <laughs> was being sarcastic. It's Reddit. What, what do you think? <laughs> hey, you know, I think this guy's doing a lot of great work. <laughs> there is not one single Reddit page like that, except for maybe like NASA. Well, it would have to be so far out of the world. Like, uh, you know, it has to be so far out of like podcasting. It would have to be like, you know, raising your kids with uh, blindness. <laughs> Although that's probably got a few shitheads in there. Yeah, it's um, and like like we've talked about it many times, like the fighter and the kid Reddit page has more or less. No, it's a cesspool. Well, it's more or less been Opie and Anthony more or less took over it. That crowd. Right. Right. Yeah. People are just looking for a place to vent. But John's problem when he says, I don't care. You know, I don't care about the hate. Go to Dabblers Anonymous. Go to Reddit and shit on me. Um, John has left his. Uh, e- email inbox on the screen while he broadcasts sometimes. Yeah. And people have seen messages, him going back and forth with Reddit, literally trying to get these pages shut down. <laughs> so he, he doesn't know. It, it's always great when someone doesn't know that we know they're lying. <laughs> like we have literal evidence <laughs> showing that he's lying. And he's like, hey, you know, please have fun on Reddit all day. I don't care about that. That's not what I'm mad about. <laughs> He's literally spent energy trying to ruin them. Uh, it sounds too like he he's the way he's broadcasting here. It sounds like he just got off of the battlefield. He's like, ah, geez. He's, he's very, he sounds very defeated. Yeah. Like, you know, I left it all out there. I gave it everything <laughs> I got. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, like two gigs got canceled and he threw his, <laughs> threw the towel in. How many gigs does he he's have? Like, well, he's like, well, I, I guess I'll just never work again. I'm retiring from comedy. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. How many gigs does he have lined up? Because normally I don't think that would be a real big deal. Well, so he gets into it a little, but like his manager apparently, as John put it, doesn't deal in contracts. <laughs> so the, I don't think they ever had anything signed. And so my suspicion is that the club did get calls of a couple shitheads, you know, making up whatever about John and saying some horse shit that, that, you know, was, uh, was not complimentary, <laughs> but when the club paired that with the fact that six tickets had been sold, they said, all right, you know what? We're not going to deal with it. John, uh, gigs canceled. We don't feel like having two people here and they're both going to riot, you know? Go away. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave, yeah, leave us alone. Because if, uh, well, Carl used the example of Dave Smith. I didn't realize this when uh, Dave Smith went to Dorchester, uh, Dorchester, uh, Rochester. He had like Antifa protesters um, calling the club and saying, you can't book Dave Smith, blah, blah, blah. 
And the club loved it because it was a sold out show and it got attention on their comedy club. I wonder what the difference is. I can't imagine. I don't know the numbers of John's ticket sales, but I suspect that may have been the uh, fly in the ointment, as it were. I believe so. If you want to skip ahead to the uh, second time stamp I sent you, is when John, that's when John starts to explain a little more why he's so down. We're hearing a very sad Friend. John Melendez. Yeah, one second. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks for five bucks. He was another friend. He's getting so much money. Oh, shit. Wrong timestamp. My fault. My fault. It's 13. Oh, all right. I was going to say, this guy's getting five bucks all over the place. I'm putting fake reviews. Okay. I'm not putting any fake reviews. As much as crying Ryan would like to believe. Oh, I'm sorry. This is another thing that uh, Carl exposed. So what what he's addressing here is people saying that now that comedy club, the uh, Amelita, whatever the fuck it was, if you go on their Yelp page, they're getting trashed. They're getting uh, some reviews that are uh, less than complimentary. And people are saying, clearly, these are stuttering John burner accounts. <laughs> and John's saying, that's not me. Um, but before we listen to this, just know that Carl went on his podcast and read reviews from years past from stuttering John where he uses the same language. Like these reviews said things like, um, what was the phrase? Oh, avoid this place like the plague. And that is a phrase that John both on air and online has used when he has said like boycott someplace. He says, avoid this place like the plague. Now in, in John's defense, that is a semi-popular phrase. Sure. And it's, yeah, like it's, it's vague, but it does seem like shit John would say. I'm just trying to help. And, and no, I, I agree with you. Like it is, it's, um, it's not what we, it was, it's what we would call circumstantial evidence. Correct. But, but, but if you pair that with the fact that it happened the day John's gigs got canceled and no one else would really give a shit about it. <laughs> well, the four fans that, were pissed. That leads me to believe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let's hear John talk about that a little more his ridiculous theories because he's embedded in my life. It's entrenched with my life. They like to accuse me of having sock accounts called dumbass and Dombo and all this other bullshit. This show is that two has hours no long. basis. My no basis in reality. It's just, this is what they do because they have no life. So, as you know, I had a gig at Mesquite Street in Corpus Christi in June. Good money. Money I could use for my family. (laughs) Hey, my youngest son is 16. I'm still paying for his child support. I'm still paying for his driver's ed, for his SAT Uh, prep, for his college. That's what you're supposed to do, first of all, as a parent. (laughs) Well, you're not a piece of shit dad, so that's good. I always liked that when I would hear dads on Father's Day, I wouldn't disparage my own father. I'm just talking about fathers in general. When I hear them like bitching about having to pay child support, it's like, well, you're kind of supposed to. It's not, it's not, it's not a slight. Yeah, it's not a slight at the kids. It's a slight at the mom for just trying to drain the dads for as much money as possible. That's all that is. Sure. But like the kids shouldn't hear about it, I guess is my point. No. (laughs) I shouldn't have to politely agree with you as you vent to me about that. Again, not saying that happened to me ever. 
the women always get away with everything. They get everything. They get the child support, the house, the kids, everything. Craig's the most, by the way, I met uh, Mrs. Craig, lovely woman. Craig's the most bitter, happily married man I've ever met. <laughs> I have, I have, I know people going through divorce right now and it's just frustrating oh, to watch. Right. I understand. Ugh. Well, yeah, that is, that is how these broads are. They manipulate and they suck you dry. And I will say he Not actually, you want. He, yeah, no, he, he actually, my, my buddy actually got, uh, I would say the upper hand in the divorce sort of. Well, good. Finally. Yeah. Finally, men are starting to get the upper hand again. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's hear Let's hear a very sad joke. Oh, but let me say this first. Mrs. Craig. That does, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that does suck if he is losing money because of some asshole called the club. That does suck, and I sympathize with him for that. Big time. My only point here is he's not handling it the right way at all no and carl's never said he's a dickhead he's just bad at doing a show <laughs> yes well <laughs> i think carl has learned he is kind of a dickhead well, because of the way he's handled carl saying that he's bad at his show but right. yeah carl's making fun of your public job that's what you open yourself up to and sometimes it sucks and i've certainly not handled handled it well at times in the past and i think everyone deals with that where you have moments where you're like, what the fuck? Why am I dealing with this? This sucks, whatever. Um, but my point is, John is playing the victim here. And he really loves that. Like, he loves getting people's sympathy. But the issue is, no one that's listening to him is falling for his bullshit. Well, the other thing, too, it's like, uh, um, I like I said, I hear shit about why are you laughing all the time. And maybe I would think differently if it wasn't growing each week, you know? Right. If you hated right. it so much, you wouldn't listen to it. That's how I look right. at it. Well, that's and that's the angle John should take is like, hey, obviously Carl loves me. You know, like Carl can't go a week without listening to my podcast. Like these guys are fans. Sure, they make fun of it. But like that that's the reason you have an audience, John. If people weren't making fun of you, people wouldn't be listening because you do kind of a mockable podcast, John. You just got to accept that. All he's got to do is call Carl gay and say he's obsessed with him and then he'll win. <laughs> yes. Yes. All the great victors. I believe Abraham Lincoln said that. <laughs> that was his last words at that play. Man, this is pretty gay. Bang. <laughs> all right. Let's hear a little more from John. I pay all these bills. <laughs> yeah, my ex pays too. Well, not the child. I take care of my kids. She does our part. Yeah. What, so, you want a cookie? I told my agent from Golden Artists Entertainment to warn Mesquite Street and Corpus Christi that out with it, child. My Jesus. trolls. Well, that's why this show is do their best two hours and thirty minutes to cancel my gig. <laughs> My agent didn't warn them. That bastard. I like the idea of John's agent riding in like Paul Revere. (laughs) (laughs) Mesquite Street, heed my warning. (laughs) Trolls are coming. Is where does Stuttering John have a website? Uh, I imagine. Yeah. I want to see. I know he's on Patreon, but I don't know if he has like a, a website with his dates or anything. Probably. Yeah. Dates. I'll say. I'm just Well, curious. not anymore, he doesn't. Because <laughs> he's he's quit comedy. Oh, that's real? That was real. 
Oh, he's retired from comedy. Yeah. Oh, what a friggin' loser. Never mind. I take back every defense I had. Yeah, I mean that that's what I'm saying is like whatever John is dealing with, if that if that is true, that people are calling the club, that does suck. But what he wants is, and don't get it twisted. He doesn't think Carl is calling this comedy club. I don't believe he thinks that. But what John is doing is, A, inserting politics into it somehow. Like he's saying, uh, he goes on and he has some guest on Tony Michaels or Tony Mitchell, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, and and they start calling uh, WATP fans racists. And it's like, oh, these white supremacists are calling to get your gigs canceled. First of all, I've listened to WATP. I've been on WATP. These are not men with a, a political agenda. They don't give a fuck. Have you ever been to? You know what I mean? Like I, my perception is that Carl might lean one direction. Yeah. You know, but I don't really know that from listening to the podcast. You know Uh, what I mean? Like, I think the fact that he likes Anthony Cumia probably means he he leans in one direction, but he doesn't go on these political tirades on air, but they want it to be political so badly that they start inserting that. Also, they want Carl to be the culprit for these harassing phone calls because John wants an excuse to sue him. Um, now, luckily, this is good news for us, too, being Patreon content creators. Um, Carl won his appeal. Uh, John did like a copyright strike on Carl's Patreon. So he had to take down his videos for a while. And Patreon granted Carl the appeal and said, you're allowed to post stuttering John content still. So that's the good news. Um, have you read his website before? I have not. In all caps, it says, I don't do politics in my stand-up, but when it comes to my podcast, I am dedicated to taking down the dotard, ah! the dotard known as Stop Donald Trump. Stop yelling at me, John. <laughs> it's all in caps. <laughs> the dotard known as Donald Trump, it says. Please press the donate button. Please press the donate button to keep the podcast going to guarantee his fat ass is voted out in November. (laughs) Hey, John, mission accomplished. (laughs) Oh, you want to? What about his upcoming events, Mike? Do you want to know about those? Oh, I want to get to that in a second, but I'm sorry. What what are you donating to? Just him. So you're donating John money to ensure. That, that Donald Trump is removed from office? Yep, I would say he's not quite up to date. <laughs> well, it's not up to date, but also I'd like, let's let's flash back. Let's pretend we're in June of uh, 2020. Let's <laughs> go back a couple of years in time. So I've got, I got $10 in my hand. Yep. And I say, I really want to use this $10 to get that red-headed piece of shit out of office. Or orange-headed, whatever he is. Yep. What's the best way to spend this money? <laughs> Where can I put this $10? Does Stuttering John have a website? I hope so. <laughs> then I get on the I get on Google and I think, "Oh, thank God. He has a button I can click to send him money to get Donald Trump out of office. What the fuck is he talking about?" <laughs> Uh, in upcoming events, it says the Laugh Factory from September twenty eighth, twenty twenty one to October third, twenty twenty one. Well, I say we hop in the Delorean and get down there. It sounds like a hell of a night. <laughs> Must have been great. <laughs> it sounds like a lovely show. Uh, oh, there's another show, the Laugh Factory, <laughs> on October twenty fifth, twenty twenty one to Halloween night, twenty twenty one. 
Also, the Laugh Factory is a place like you don't have to promote the gigs there. It's just a club that people go to in Los Angeles. Right. It was uh, uh, La- uh, uh, Reg- uh, Reno, Nevada and Las Vegas, Nevada. And one of these? Uh, last year. Oh, good. All right. I'm glad. I'm glad he's consistent on his website. I would hate there for, for there to be any future dates. Yeah. No, no nothing. I was going to say if, he, if he's coming around, we got to definitely go. Well, folks, if you got money to spend, either go to blindmike.net, patreon.com slash blindmike. Go there. Mm-hmm. You can go to patreon.com slash very good show. I also copied your business model because I thought it was a lot better. So you can just go to mm-hmm. verygoodshow.org. <laughs> oh, good. Yes, it's a very prestigious organization. You can go to verygoodshow.org to donate to Craig or hit up Stuttering John's website and donate because maybe one day we'll get Donald Trump out of office. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you know what, guys? Venmo me, uh, blind Mike Geary on Venmo because I'm trying. I really think this impeachment of Bill Clinton is going to go through. (laughs) I think this guy has gotten his rocks off in the Oval Office for the last time. He lied about it under oath. And I am fighting for you guys. We're going to get Clinton ousted. We're going to raise money for we'll Reagan. Sure you donate to me on Venmo. Yeah, we're going to raise money for Reagan's hospital bills. <laughs> poor, poor Ronnie Reagan. He's losing his marbles a little bit. You know, he's, he's uh, he got, and so we, we we are raising money specifically for his Alzheimer's. He got shot by that Shattuck lookalike. Don't forget. <laughs> What's John Hinckley up to? Has he made any new songs lately? Oh, by the way, we actually didn't talk about that. That gig in Brooklyn got canceled. Oh no! Yeah, they, they finally Why? they Is got it Carl from WATP. They apparently behind this. They apparently got enough blowback that they went, eh. Well, ah. Maybe we shouldn't have a, a guy who attempted to assassinate the president of the United States play here. Well, this is clearly another victim of Carl's cancel culture machine. I don't know what's going to happen to Schwinn now, though, because they tried to take out Biden yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fun. Jerry would like that. Save that for Monday. I I, I wasn't expecting to record before then. (laughs) (laughs) We'll pretend we didn't hear it. (laughs) It did just come to me just now, so maybe I'll have something else for tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, KFC's video on that was actually very funny. Um, I don't know that I saw it. Yeah, he did a one-minute man on Biden falling off his bike. It was pretty funny. We don't... Uh, listen, I'm trying to cancel KFC. That's here. right. That's right. We're trying to hit him in the wallet. That's true. So donate to my... web Again, blind like gear on Venmo if, we, if you want to cancel KFC. Yeah, that's that's the new... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever money you donate, I'm going to bribe Erica Nardini to fire Kevin Clancy. Erica Nardini's pretty busy right now with this Vince McMahon lawsuit. Uh, well, once she sees my $40 that I'm offering... <laughs> Guys, I think suddenly it'll catch her attention. I can't look into this business tampering about Vince McMahon. I got 40 bucks to take down Kevin. Boy, there are some wild accusations there, huh? With Vince? Yeah, I forgot that. That wasn't even on our list today, but Jesus Christ. Well, I remembered actually yesterday or today I was driving. They're like, yeah, they, someone kept saying the board, the WWE board, the WWE board is investigating. I'm like, Nardini's on that. She certainly is. Yeah. So I, well, maybe she'll have a, a good podcast about it after. Yeah. Well, she's got Frank the Tank looking into it. I think she's got the right people on the case. <laughs> Robbie Fox. He did nothing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that is like, they're accusing him of like, legitimate rape, like some horrible shit. No, that was from, the, these, uh, that was from the 80s, that, that accuse. 
accused so? thing was. Well, they already proved that that wasn't true. So it's just. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant. I mean, we all raped in the eighties. No, 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 no. Yeah, it was a different. It was a wild time. <laughs> it was a different time. No, it was a a, a WD a WWE referee. This woman who right. made the mistake of saying she had sex with Vince McMahon a whole bunch of times to a whole bunch of people, and then she tried to accuse him of rape uh, like five or six years later, and everyone was like, "Well, right. she told us that they had sex, but she never mentioned that." So, but it, there was another rapey accusation in there too, wasn't there? Um, I don't, I only saw the one. Keep in mind, I merely read a Twitter thread. So, so this one is, uh, some woman, which I don't get how this comes out. If you sign a NDA, she got like right. 3 million bucks, uh, not to say anything yeah, and keep it calling quiet. her a blabbermouth. That's good. It would, no, it was all consensual. That's a fact with this new one. Okay. Um, the problem is, so he gave her a million bucks up front and then like two more million over the next three years or something like that is how it worked out. The problem was she got hired as a paralegal with like a $100,000 uh, salary and then it bumped up to 200000 and they're trying to figure out if he did that because what was going on with them or if it was prior to. Right. And that's where the big problem is with the company. Yeah. I will, I'll say, speaking of to compliment KFC, God, what are we doing? We have terrible. This show is not a is not a program that can handle enemies because I'm about to compliment Kevin for the second time on this show. <laughs> but uh, I thought he put it pretty well where he, he tweeted out some of the stuff about Vince. And he was like, some of the accusations are horrible. Uh, some are expected. And like, he's like, honestly, like some kind of made me laugh. <laughs> because <laughs> because you, there was a time where, you know, we didn't look at these things the same way that we do now. And the one story that involved Patrice O'Neill, by the way, I don't know if you saw that. With Vince? Yeah, so um, one of the people that was, like, tweeting shit out about the Vince McMahon story tweeted out a clip from O&A years ago of Patrice telling a story uh, for when he used to write for WWE or WWF at the time. Yeah, I think he did that for, like, three months. Didn't yeah. laugh. Didn't and laugh uh, he, well, the way Patrice put it is... Uh, he goes, ah, I got to meet Steve, Steve Austin. That was enough for me. That was good. <laughs> but uh, there was some character where uh, it was like an Indian guy and Vince made him put on a turban for this character, whatever it was. Um, and I, I, if I remember correctly, I think it was like not that long after 9-11. And uh, the guy was like, please, this is like you know, denigrating to my people. It's humiliating. I really don't want to do this. And Vince was like, you're putting on the turban. <laughs> you know what? Add a suicide like, vest. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, dude, how about you've heard of Yoko? He punishes them. <laughs> yeah. You've heard of Yoko Zuna, right? Uh, yes. So he was that big, fat Japanese wrestler. Uh, he okay. basically wears Samoan. He, uh, he, he wasn't Japanese. He was Samoan. <laughs> but he was walking out with like the Japanese flag and everything. Yeah, well, it was a different time. You could culturally appropriate back then, you know? You sure could. So As just, Craig says, back in the 80s, you could rape, you could, you know, it was it was fun. That's not what I said. I said the accusation was back then. <laughs> well, that's not how we'll all portray it. <laughs> I'm sure PGA is in the lab right now. Uh, that's I, I didn't realize we did an hour on Stuttering John. Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, no, it was about 30 minutes. Oh, okay, good. Maybe a little, little uh, longer, but not terribly long. Do you want to play this? Uh, yeah, so support uh, our pals, the WATP, because I think John is gearing up for some. It's coming to a head. Something's going to happen here, whether it's uh, John finally giving in and no longer acknowledging WATP 
or uh, go, going full board and, and trying to ruin them, whatever <laughs> he's going to do. I think it's uh, there's a there's a climax coming soon, and it's not just Craig with Royce Lopez. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, do we want to play yeah. this Amber Heard sound before we uh, get out of here? More than anything. So this was my favorite thing from the week. You guys have now, by this point, probably heard it. But uh, Amber Heard did an interview with the Today Show, and she had some questions to answer after the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. We didn't talk about it a lot. Um, but obviously it swept the nation yep. and mostly TikTok. Uh, ooh, to the point where did I mention this recently? But on Hulu, there's already a documentary about the herd depth trial. I don't know if you were in, but they were talking about it on KMS. I may, I think I was in. Maybe, yeah, maybe we talked about it. I, but that's I just, like just it's like if every day a documentary came out about yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It's like we just saw this. Everything Why are you telling us everything's an episode of South Park. <laughs> yeah right six days <laughs> um but but th- this was obviously the uh you know the highlight from the interview where um you know people were calling out amber heard saying she's putting on a performance it seemed like she was acting a lot and amber heard says oh really <laughs> well the jerk store called <laughs> and they're all out of you <laughs> she nails depp and his uh, attorney here in the closing arguments the depp lawyer said called your testimony the performance of a lifetime and said you were acting. What do you say to that? Says the lawyer for the man who convinced the world he had scissors for fingers. (laughs) Now, now Amber, what do you mean convinced? Johnny Depp has scissors for fingers, does he not? Might I add, they they were scissor hands, not fingers. Well, but the snipping mechanisms were his fingers. The base were his hands, I assume. Where you put your fingers through? Oh, God. Her PR team sucks. Now, it's funny, though, because I watched, you know, like I said, we didn't talk about it a lot, but I watched parts of the trial, and I kept saying, there's Johnny. He's not showing his hands, probably because he's self-conscious about those scissors. (laughs) Johnny, please uh, raise your right scissor. And swear that you will tell the whole truth. <laughs> Just listen to this. Says the lawyer for the man who convinced the world he had scissors for fingers. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. He doesn't. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> I, my, I, I, I get her point and it's wrong, but I get what she's going for. Of course. But the phrasing makes me wonder. Does she think that we as a country watched Edward Scissorhands and said, it's unbelievable that they found that guy to play the role he was made for? This is a crazy documentary. Guy with Scissorhands (laughs) (laughs) to to lose himself in that role. It's unbelievable. The way she says scissors for fingers, like thinking she nailed it. (laughs) Um. Excuse me, point counterpoint. <laughs> she had uh, scissors for fingers? She's treating this like it's Jenny Slate saying she couldn't play a half black character because she's not half black. Uh, did you guys know? <laughs> like, yeah, did you guys know that my ex husband was a international cocaine smuggler? <laughs> I like, what, what year was Edward Scissorhands? Like early 90s, I think. I'll tell you. Uh, like 97, maybe. I like to imagine 
my my parents oh, going 90. out on a date. 1990. You know, my, I like to imagine my parents going out on a date. I was not born yet. Um, so my parents, you know, still had a life. They had still had the whole world ahead of them. They weren't, you know, shackled by this burden that they were about to bring into the world. <laughs> you know, they go out. Let's catch a flick, as was often done in the 80s. Let's catch this. Ooh, the kid from 21 Jump, Jump Street is in a movie. Let's see that. <laughs> and, then, and then they go to the film, and they've seen 21 Jump Street. So they know the character Tommy Hansen. They know he has human fingers. And when they see Edward Scissorhands on screen, and I know this happened because they told me as a kid, my father walked out of the theater in a huff and said, I demand my money back because I will not contribute to a film that is going to appropriate in the manner they did. You will hire an actor with scissor hands or you will not get my $8. <laughs> Which is, I imagine, I imagine that's how much movies cost back then. Yes, eight bucks. Uh, I think it was actually like four, probably four fifty. Yeah. Well, he's a gentleman. He paid for my mother as well. It's true. Nine bucks. Um, but I like convinced America. Like we're like, wait a minute, he doesn't. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, oh, now you're gonna tell me he's not a pirate? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that what you mean to say, Amber? Is he not Hunter S. Thompson and Whitey Bulger? Hmm? Is he not both of those men? He's done quite a few illegal things, if you ask me. <laughs> Oh, he wasn't one of the world's great cocaine dealers. Is that what you're trying to tell me? He wasn't eaten by a bed? That his career after 21 Jump Street didn't lead him to moving large quantities of blow. Is that what you're trying to say, Amber? And just so you know, he he's actually a zombie because in his first movie, he gets eaten by a bed in Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> he's, had, he's had quite the life, this Johnny Depp. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I know uh, Kirk has said, and we've, uh, not long after that, I said he was already proven right. He said years down the road, people are going to take Amber Heard's side. And I've already seen, like, uh, you know who Corinne Fisher is? Yeah. The comedian? And I like her, and I like the guys we fucked girls a lot. But Corinne has been on this crusade of like, basically, if you're against Amber Heard, you're against women, that sort of thing. Yeah, she doesn't count. And I'm like, well, the, you're missing the point here is that it's not a, you should believe women that are telling the truth. It's just across the board. Everyone thinks Amber Heard is lying. That's the problem. Did uh, did this interview come out and Corinne Fisher go, fuck, my life's work's been for nothing? <laughs> That's what it seemed like. She was having a bit of a meltdown on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> terrible um and like i said i like corinne but it they, you're right it seems like people you know hinge their careers on a certain side and when it doesn't go the way they're rooting for it which is weird to have like a rooting interest in a case like this you know yeah. what i mean yeah they're both shitheads like they both look like shitheads correct correct um, well speaking of comedians real quick do you want to play this mark maron sound before we get out of here whatever you want Let's uh let's do that. So our boy Lieutenant Kirk tipped me off to this. Mark Marin is at it again. <laughs> Every time I think he's getting better, we played uh, him with uh, Dean Del Rey, where he was talking about you know trying to be less bitter, and and it seemed like he was having sort of a you know very self aware reflective moment, but then he always manages to revert to this. So 
Let's see if you can figure out who he's talking about here uh, in the comedy community. Just what is happening to comedy. And, you know, Greg and I deal with it personally, politically, implications of uh, societal implications on the culture. A lot of what I've been talking about, this sort of tribalization of comedy, this idea, the co-opting of the philosopher king comedian model or the rebel truth-telling comedian model that was once uh, only applied to maybe four comics. You know who they are. There was a generation of comics in the 50s and some in the 60s. You can count them on one hand. You know, you're talking Lenny, Bruce. You're talking, you know, Pryor in a different way. You're talking people like uh, Godfrey Cambridge, Dick Gregory. Talking people like um, Carlin later. But still, Hicks, handful. But the right and the, you know, quote-unquote free thinker crowd, the... uh, People with dumpster fires in their brains with all the answers and a lot of labels. Woke, commie, socialist, big pharma, a lot of labels for people. Sounds funny. Minimizers. <laughs> it's so bitter and angry. We all think so, the same uh, well, thing. Oh, hold on one sec. So what I don't understand is like what we're about to hear. I assume he's talking about Chappelle and Ricky Gervais, right? Mm-hmm. Does he genuinely think they're like right wingers? Like, I get that that's who's defending them. I understand that. But like, do you think Chappelle was voting for fucking Donald Trump? Well, or he'll I, vote for DeSantis in the next election? When I saw his uh, George Floyd special, I went, wow, what a patriotic Republican. A right wing lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. He's taken this crusade. And this is what I don't understand. Like, Marin thinks he's, you know, standing for something here. But it's really, it's, you know, cloaked in jealousy. Like, he's angry at Rogan. He's talking about Rogan as well. But I think this is more targeted at Ricky and Chappelle. And I don't understand the political angle that he keeps trying to inject in this. It's very weird. And have leaders, and some of them are comics. And some comics present themselves as revolutionary voices, but they're truly hack cowards. There's no vulnerability in it. Lack of respect for marginalized voices for people already under the pressure. The goal should be to bring us all together. I can't say that I can do it, and I can't say that I necessarily even joke in that way. Is that really what you think George Carlin's goal was, to bring (laughs) us all together? No. When 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 he had a bit about how he really likes to watch a lot of people die. (laughs) (laughs) George Carlin, who couldn't release an album... Because he talked about like wanting mass amount of people to die, and it was supposed to come out or it was recorded the day before nine eleven. Yes, <laughs> that guy wanted to bring us all together. Now, listen, I think George Carlin is a revolutionary voice and was a genius, but like the idea that comedians are supposed to be like these peacemakers is fucking silly. And clearly, he's talking about Gervais there because I don't, I don't think he thinks of Chappelle as a hack. I can't believe that. Like, I don't think he likes Chappelle particularly, but I think he's aware that Dave is a good comedian. So I think he's talking about Gervais there. But like, you know, call Ricky what you want. He's certainly funny. I didn't think his... To Marin's point, I didn't think Ricky Gervais' special was particularly groundbreaking material or anything I hadn't heard before as far as premises. But it's not hack. 
Like he's a funny guy. Right. So this, this bitterness that comes out of Marin is very frustrating. And the reason I like, uh, Lieutenant Kirk, who always alerts me to these Marin drops, I think he was a fan of Marin and that's why he's always aware of them. And it, this has to be frustrating to Marin fans because Marin is a funny guy. Like he's a good comic. It's just, and his podcast, the first 10 years of his podcast were him like coming out of this bitter, angry, um, you know, self-loathing that he had and him kind of learning from that and evolving as a person. And it seems like now he's just reverted back to where he was, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah, the the Louis episode was the best case of that. I loved that episode. When yeah, they, we had the same conversation <laughs> eight years ago, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, Louis, by the way, uh, back on um, uh, you can get it on his website. Yes, that's right. I did see that. I got an email from him. Yes, <laughs> um, and he put out some video with Bobby Kelly where they talked about it. Oh, on his website. Yeah. Oh uh, no, on uh, YouTube. Oh, I have to look at that. Uh, yeah. I'm at Texas Roadhouse. When is the next TV time capsule? I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> um, well, it's definitely Tuesday. It's definitely, oh, it's definitely Quincy. Room. Yeah, that's locked. folks. If you want to go to blindmike.net, if you if you if nothing's hooked you enough to subscribe yet, you're going to want to go to blindmike.net and make sure that you tune into our Quincy watch alongs because that's really all I want to do from here on out. Are they all on YouTube? The ones I've looked for so far are on YouTube, but here's something. I think Justin Trudell may have been correct. Uh, if you remember when Justin was looking up, he said something to the effect of like, I think they're 90 minute episodes. Every episode I found so far is like an hour and 15 minutes with commercials. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So I think Quincy might've been a 90 minute show. <laughs> the fucking, fucking Mittman's going to be like, are you uh, doing this again? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Quincy, it's pretty important. All right. B -b -b yeah, Bruce, I only need two hours in the middle of the day. If you don't mind. <laughs> well, whenever we record, I usually count that as my quote lunch break. Uh, good. <laughs> he doesn't care if I do it, but I just, you know, especially yeah. if we're recording a lot that week, I'll be like, I'm doing it on my time, I swear. Important things are happening, Bruce. Quincy is being analyzed. It was funny. I, he left He left the office early on Thursday, and I was like, oh, where are you going? And he goes, I'm actually going to Fenway Park to take batting practice. And I went, what? I, I go, I need was, he, was he actually doing this? Yeah. I need video. A strange little guy. I need video so bad. <laughs> His strike zone has to be a, a pin needle. Yeah, he's he's a short fella. Um, well, good for Bruce slugging him off the monster. Yeah. Uh, let's hear a little more from Marin. On fire. Things are at risk. Why are we running around hurting people? He's talking about tiling jokes, right? And I don't know. The more I think about it, like, yeah. you know, what happened to alternative comedy? Was there a point of view there? Was there some sort of momentum that I use that word momentum a lot? Was there some sort of uh, collective community that was uh, obviously more embracing in a way, but did it have a point of view? But I just wanted to engage uh, somebody who's thinking about things in the area that I am. 
So in the area this kind of led me to hearing him go on this rant kind of led me to also getting annoyed with Gerard Carmichael, who did an interview this week where he talked about Dave Chappelle and said, um, basically like, why are you dying on this hill of, you know, transgender talk, which there's part of me that understands that Mm -hmm. because as a Chappelle fan, I'm kind of like, all right, dude, like let's get back to making fucking, uh, you know, Sesame street jokes. (laughs) Like let's have a little fun here once in a while, you know? Yeah. So I get it. But Gerard Carmichael, and people that are angry about Chappelle talking about these topics are exactly why he's doing it. Well, if his, if, like his, if you watch, I was gonna say, if his next special is, that, is called, if his next special is called like T words, hate me. And he just does an right. hour on it. I'll, I'll laugh. <laughs> right. Because now it's getting to the point where he's going to have, cause that's what people want from him in their outrage. Like you're begging him to talk about it again. Right. So it's it's a little annoying that you're like, we just want it to go away. Why why are you still talking about us? Why do you keep talking about us? When if you didn't walk out of Netflix, if you didn't protest Chappelle's special, if you didn't attack him on stage, then no one would be talking about the closer. No one. Like I did, I remember I did a review on it the day it came out before anyone made a big issue of it. And I was like, man, it was okay. You liked it more you than know? I did. Yeah, I, I, I think I liked it more than a lot of people because most people were like, we got it, dude. Like his fans were like, yeah, we got it. Enough of the trans stuff. We understand your point of view. It wasn't even that. It was more more or less like a speech with a punchline every 20 minutes. Right, right. But then we all, you made us all defend the special <laughs> by getting mad about it. And by saying that it shouldn't be heard by human ears, well, now you're saying that we have to defend it and we have to keep it on Netflix because taking it down would be the opposite of what you want. You're silencing a group. Right. You know what I mean? You're saying trans people don't have a voice. They have a very loud voice because it's the only reason Chappelle is still talking about this shit. And Ricky in his special literally said, the only reason I'm talking about it is to get a rise out of you. Right. And it works to perfection. This is how you're going to respond to it, I bet. No, uh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, right. So, if Marin wants to bring up names like Carlin and Lenny Bruce and Richard Pryor, these guys were fighting against the mob, like the people attacking comedians for the words they were saying on stage. Well, now you're part of the mob. You shouldn't be holding up people like Lenny Bruce and George Carlin and Richard Pryor because people wanted them silenced. And now you are one of those people, Gerard Carmichael and Mark Maron. Exactly. It's fucking crazy. So I don't know. From Stuttering John to Mark Maron, all the greats in comedy we've covered today. (laughs) Two different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Well, listen, you can go to patreon.com slash very good show or you can go to uh, verygoodshow.org. Yeah. Buy merch. We got That's new fun. We have new shirts up right now. Um, is that there's nothing where like to be a there's no qualifications to be a dot org. No, I found out. No, we're an organization. That's disappointing. <laughs> That's disappointing. <laughs> um, yeah. So go to verygoodshow.org for the Craigster, uh, or you can come over to blindmike.net. We've made it easier to find us. Finally, uh, come to blindmike.net. Subscribe to the Patreon. Buy some merch if you'd be so kind. Uh, if you can't or just don't want to support the show financially, that's also fine. But what I would ask you to do then 
because you made it this far into the podcast, obviously, like something we're doing. Mm. Uh, then just go to I, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or YouTube. Subscribe. Give us a like. Give us five stars. All that stuff helps the show, supposedly. So that's a free way that you can help out. We'd appreciate it greatly. And I guess that's it. Happy Father's Day to all you uh, crazy kids out there. Without a dad in the world, daddy is saying happy Father's Day. And uh, happy Juneteenth, more importantly. Until then, have yourself a great day. And as always, rock on. Stop the baloney, huh?